You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. You tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, you drive down on the first man who is inside. Fullback, we tell him to take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows. He goes right by them and feels inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to text the show, you can send a message to 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. And uh, we're going to just kind of – we're going to kind of reach out to the listeners today. And we sent a tweet out earlier. And just, you know, the Packers traveled today, obviously headed into Cincinnati for the uh, first preseason game. So I thought, you know what, there's not a whole lot of news out there. Why don't we put a filler out there on Twitter, kind of let the listeners control the show today, all right? So the tweet I put out simply said, Packers fans, we need your help. For the live stream tonight, what is your expectation for the 2023 Green Bay Packers? And what one question do you have? And I got to be real, Jacob, everything flooded. (laughs) I was going, this might not have been a good idea. Because I know I'm going to leave somebody out. Obviously, we can't read them all. I got a ton of messages, text messages on our text line from it. We got uh, messages on Twitter. But we're going to do our best, guys, to kind of cover. This is a good way to to keep our finger on the pulse of the fans. Right, Jacob? Yeah, I agree. And you can tell we already got, like, a bunch of people were knocking on the door trying to get into this, uh, this stream here. We already got Brad, Mikey. Eric, Zane. What's up, Zane? So, guys, that's that's pretty cool. Thanks for joining us really quickly here. Um, yeah, we're on one of those weird off days. I'm so excited, and, and now I've already been spoiled on having Packers content to talk about once we went through that drought. So now uh, today's a travel day, if I'm not mistaken. I did look at a couple of videos. Um, <clears throat> oh, Janelle's here. Hi, Janelle. 
Hi there. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but at the end of the stream last time, Janelle snuck in a little comment. She's like, I was here or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I was quiet was today. the whole time, right? <laughs> hey, there's John and there's Brad again. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, we got this going. Um, awesome. We can talk about it, whatever you want to start this this thing off. But I have a couple. It was really like a really three. I think it was like a three minute. Mike Hebring, let's go. There was a three minute video on that Packers, you know, on their social media, their YouTube account shared. And usually I don't get anything out of those. I mean, there's just nothing. It is, it's just loud music talking over whatever message they want to send. This one randomly, they did really good. Um, And I shouldn't say that they did really good. It did really well. It's just the fact that I got a lot out of it. I got like a half a page of notes off of a three minute video where half of it was music and clips. But if you want to get into that, we can, but it kind of ties into a few of the topics that we, you that you want to talk about, I think, today. So awesome. maybe we can pump the brakes and I can pepper it in. What's really cool. I mean, dude, check this out. Elevated Shine's back. Chet Wenzel, what's up? Dude, so, people are yeah. awesome, man. Uh, dude, I literally, we're sitting here. Me and Jacob are chatting. We're trying to get ready, you know, for the show. My phone blows up and I'm getting a text message from Joe on the text line. Like, hey, dude, it's my first PTA live and, you, and you're 10 minutes late. What the heck? <laughs> so I love it, dude. I absolutely hey, love it. So we're going to get... Clayton had a veterinarian emergency, so he had to be – he was driving 140 to try to get here. And <laughs> there it is. There it is, y'all. We had a a, a six-month-old 90-pound um, German Shepherd puppy that decided he was going to chew up a, a remote control and, and uh, basically drink the battery acid out of the battery. So I've got – if my phone rings, you know what's going on. We're going to the emergency vet. But right now he's looking at me like, why are you making a big deal out of this for us? We're good. Everything's fine. So anyway, um, let's do this, guys. We're going to come back to the chat, I promise, okay? We're, we definitely want to follow up with these tweets that we got. So let's just get right into it. I broke it down into three categories based off the, the Twitter responses and text messages we got, okay? And, again, that question basically asked him, what are your expectations? For this season, okay? And the first one that came in, I would just kind of, uh, Jacob, I would put it under the defensive tab, right? Goose responded to the uh, to the uh, the tweet and said, to start putting it all together on offense. It may be bumpy at the start, but consistent progress is a must. Defense consistently, a top 10 defense or better all year. Andy Monday said, I expect the defense to lead in a much stronger way on the field and win us a few games to take pressure off of Jordan Love. What offensive personnel formations uh, will we use more this season? Um, that we didn't use as much last year. We'll get back to that latter part. And then we got Dakota with the tweet that said, question, how much more aggressive goes in, uh, goes our defense, does our defense need to be to set the tone and take some shade off of love to allow him to grow? You're seeing the theme here, right? Oh, <laughs> Andy, uh, Andy A. Pack on Twitter said, expectation. The team will absolute, have absolutely zero quit in them. They will rally around each other and surprise the NFC North by winning the division. Side note, we will have a dominant D-line. Question, which offensive rookie will have the most impact by the end of the year? So we'll get back to that. So defense, the, the big thing that popped up here, Jacob, was defense, right? I, and let's just kind of get into it, man. What what are we to expect with this defense this year, right? And I think it's pretty uh, pretty safe to say this defense or this team is starting to adopt this uh, this new identity as a defensive-minded team, right, a team that's going to lead with defense. You know, you've got a young quarterback. You've got young wide receivers. I think we got the cheapest wide receiver room in the entire National Football League. Not that they're not talented, not that they don't have the ability to to overachieve and all those things. But, you know, the, the big thing is can we be a top-10 defense? 
You know, I was talking last night, Jacob, about watching the Patriots game and hearing Tony Romo just rant and rave over this defense and talking about they were they were one of, if not the best defense in the league there in week three. Just going, this defense is so fast. They're so dominant. Now, keep in mind, Rashawn Gary was still on the field, right? And uh, and things were, were looking up for this defense. I think people forget that. And then you fast forward through the worst part of the season, you get to the last five games. What did they do, Jake? They turned it around, man. The defense finished the, finished the season strong. Now, we couldn't say the same for the offense, right? They sputtered down the stretch. But I think this is the, the team's new identity. You know, when you talk about players that we've got on this roster, people that are proven, you got Jair Alexander, you got Rashawn Gary, you got Kenny Clark, you got Devondre Campbell, a healthy Devondre Campbell, you got Rasul Douglas, who Andy Herman said is having his best camp yet. We talked about that yesterday. Um, Bill Huber actually talked about it on Twitter as well, and Andy uh, quote tweeted it, uh, just pointed out that Bill Huber was just talking about how impressed he was with Rasul Douglas, basically saying you watch Rasul Douglas on, on the practice field and even on the game on Sunday, and you go, how in the hell was he on a practice squad? Like, that makes no sense. Um, he's really, really just maximized his opportunity. And another thing, too, that I want to point out, Jacob, um, Michael Lombardi, I mentioned this the other day, he has Quay Walker listed as a red chip linebacker, linebacker player this year. He's got blue chips, the upper echelon, and then that second tier is red chip. He's got Quay in that category. He said, man, I watch the tape and I see all the talent and ability in the world. You just got to be able to maximize that talent and ability. And I think one year of experience alongside – not having to wear that green dot now and having Devondre Campbell in his hip pocket all year long would be absolutely huge for Quay Walker. I just don't want him to lose that mean streak. I'm not saying I want him putting, you know, trainers and figure four leg locks and stuff on the field. All right. I'm not saying that at all. I don't, I don't want to see no cross face chicken wings out there. I'm just simply saying go out there and play mean on Sunday, man. Don't lose that aggressiveness because I'm telling you when Quay gets to the ball, he gets there angry and I'm all about it. But how do you feel about the defense, man? Talk to me. Yeah, and there's a, yeah a lot to dive into after that. That's um, you got me all jacked up now. Um, so what I want to pick apart first is as we're listen, uh, listening to those tweets, I highlighted defense, 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 defense on my notes as I'm listening to you, and then I underlined it. So yeah, that's what it's about. I mean, everybody that's aware of what we need to be successful, I believe, and I mean, it starts with Jordan Love pretty much, but on the baseline of that, it starts with a really strong defense. If we don't have a strong defense, Jordan Love doesn't have any sort of, we're throwing him to the fire, we're throwing him to the wolves, unless we give him a really proper defense. Like you said, top 10, I'd have to think to make sure that he's comfortable, that he has the ability to really learn and progress. And another thing I want to get into, real quick, for the defense. Gary, today, he did an interview, um, and he said he was just really excited to go and play against another team because they're just so sick of hitting each other. They can only right. do so much against each other and against their own guys. Right. And I, I, I appreciate that. Please, Gary, don't start. And Gary's now just started to practice. Obviously he's not going to be a part of these joint practices. I would bet yeah. my life on that. Come um, out of the way, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, he just talked about the fact that he's excited to travel with the guys because it's going to start building that camaraderie. Matt LaFleur talked about it in, a, in an interview as well, <clears throat> saying that this is another process of the offseason, something that he wants to really instill. And I, he didn't say this out loud, but what I'm what I'm reading between the lines, so this is the first time we've ever uh, traveled for one of these joint practices. First time oh, ever. I didn't know so that. So if you think about why would that be the first time ever? I, I'm going to guess that maybe your 
MVP reigning quarterback that really is on eggshells that hates to practice in the first place. You think that he wants to practice and go travel to do it. And again, I'm not throwing shade. I'm not trying to bring that up. I'm just saying this is a whole new wrinkle. You asked what the identity of the team would be. And that's another thing we can talk about is that this team is hungry. They don't care that they have to travel to go do a practice. They're excited to go do it so they can go hit somebody. You know what I mean? And that's something that that mentality we don't have. We haven't had lately. Um, like I talked about the old regime, they just, they weren't willing to necessarily even practice, let alone travel. So think about the vibe that that has to be. I remember when I was, anybody that's played sports, if you were like a junior or sophomore, even a freshman, and you travel on the bus with a senior, they dictated everything and anything you did, said, or eaten, anything. Those guys, like you looked up to him because they were the, the seniority. And that's what it was. You, you followed their complete line of actions, respect, the way that you carried yourself. So I have to believe that for the last decade plus, especially the last five years, while Rodgers has kind of been this, this to the type of guy that was like, I don't really want to, you know, let I don't want to have fun. I just want people to come in and do their job. From now on, all of a sudden, it seems like we have leaders, new leaders on the defense. We have Jair, we have Razul, we have Kenny, we got Quay, we have Devondre. We have all these kind of guys, Preston, um, dudes that are just actual veterans, the bigger veterans than anybody on the offensive side of the ball. They actually now, like you said, the defense has eight, I I, I believe it's eight first-round picks. Yeah, Let's I think so. Acting like it. Like, we have a lot to throw around in this league, and it looks like that we're shutting down our own offense. And you can read that one of two ways, either the offense isn't that great or our defense is really good. And our offense is pretty decent because they've still done some decent things. So what's really exciting to me is to go to Cincinnati. It's it's Friday night, right? Yeah. Eleventh. Let's see what we look like on both sides of the ball. And granted, we're, we're I don't know what they're going to do. If they're going to put love in, they better put that offensive line in because otherwise that's just exactly. stupid. I mean, I don't yeah. even want to get into it, but um, <laughs> that being said, I, the defense, man, I'm excited. I really do think that it could be, and we say this every year and every year we get disappointed. But like you said, the way they ended the year last year, the veterans we have on this team, the way that they've been carrying themselves, the way that they haven't been capped by somebody else's leadership, meaning that, you know, I'm sorry to say, but Rogers dictated the whole mentality, the whole feng shui, the whole vibe of that <laughs> locker room was what went through Aaron Rodgers. So I have to believe now this is a team full of hungry, young, talented, just cool dudes like the it's it's insane man yeah the, the really. oldest wide receiver on our team the veteran wide receiver is samari tory think it's about crazy that. man it's crazy and, and that's what makes this season so much fun man so much fun before we get to the next topic let's get caught up in the chat here real quick just want to say thanks to everybody hopping in like you said janelle john everybody uh brad said uh, i expect us to be more competitive in every game lots of promise going into the following year uh, Mike in the chat, appreciate you dropping by, buddy. Elevated shine. I just need the season to start before I drive my vehicle off a cliff. <laughs> I've never related to a comment more in my life, man. Yep. Uh, we're, we're trying not to drive our wagon off the cliff down here in Tennessee. I'll put it that way. Uh, what's up, boys? What's up, Chet? How you doing, man? Chet's such a cool name, too, dude. Chet. Um, let's see here. Dave in the chat says, looks like they finally decided uh, DeGuara is a fullback, and I expect a lot of, uh, a lot of mesh and 12 personnel. Uh, I think there will be some surprises in Matt's bag this year, though. I, I completely agree. I think they're going to pull out all the stops, and it's going to be a blast to watch. Uh, Garrett in the chat said, who would you choose to come off the team bus in Cincinnati to be the intimidating? I love these kind of things, man. Pretty Boy Van Ness, Wyatt, or Slayton? I don't know, man. You say Pretty Boy Van Ness. We fixed that, dude. I don't think we have a Pretty Boy Van Ness anymore. There you go, right? 
that was that was Ryan Schlipp's uh, personal request. There, he said yeah. that I ain't. I'm I'm not gonna let him let him live that down this year. It ain't gonna happen, Jake. <laughs> Every time good. I see Van Ness, I'm gonna go. You got to be scarred up or something. Got to be. <laughs> Um, who would, who would be yours before we get into the next topic? And we're going to have to go quick. Who would be your intimidating guy? You would want to come Jimmy off the Quay Walker coming out with his, just his face. Like, have you ever you looked at Quay, Quay Walker? Quay Walker, dude, he looks wow. like Debo. You ever seen him? He, like, yeah, he really does. Right. He, when he gets, if he gives you the mad face, I would, bro. Yeah. No way. For, for me, like, give me your wallet, give me your lunch money. I'd be like, mm-hmm. and just for, hand for me, over. it would be, it would be Caleb Jones. And I just tell yeah. Caleb Jones, hey, listen, dude, yeah. don't even don't don't even blink, hold your breath the whole time and make eye contact with everybody. Just don't even appear as if you're not even breathing. Caleb Giant, God, dude, is such a such curl a up on a ball and play dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cheesehead Murph said, Go Pat, go. What's happening, fellas? Cheesehead uh, Murph stopping by, man. Um, Garrett, my expectations are continuing uh, from last season. Top 10 defense, major impacts on the game with more pressure on the line and more tackles for loss with better penetration. Completely agree with that. Elevated shine. If Jordan Love balls out like I believe he will, I will be un- insuff- insufferable on Twitter slash X. You and me both, man. There's a – I'll just put it this way. I've I've typed in a lot of hashtag remember this tweets. I promise you that. So all I got to do is go to my Twitter and search – Remember this tweet and every all that crap that those guys talked in Chicago is going to be sitting right there. Now, I'm going to be real. I may not have to go. I may not get to go to it, but if I do, it's on. It is absolutely on. Elevated shine. Okay, that was the the last one. Zane says, I watched a podcast yesterday. They said that the Packers and the Bears are going to fight for third place in the division. They have the Vikings being first place and the Lions second place. I hope uh, not people uh, belittling us. All right. Um, you know, man, I'm not going to sit here and BS anybody. I could see the division going any any direction. It's it's going to come down to how well Jordan Love plays. It really is. And it's not all on Jordan Love's shoulders. But Jordan Love has got to perform. We're going to talk offense here in just a second for sure. Uh, but I, I understand exactly uh, the frustration there for sure, Zane. Um, let's see, Garrett, tackles for loss, forced fumbles, maximum uh, pass breakups. Dude, throw in some turnover differential too there, man. Um, all right, Mike says – I don't expect a lot of wins. However, that does not mean that that uh, they can't win a ton of games. They can. It really comes down to two things. How consistent is love, and will Joe Barry just stay out of the way? Uh, Brett in the chat says, finally made it made it up for a live. Let's go, baby. I appreciate you dropping okay. in, Brett. Eric in the chat, if this defense can play the run as good as they play the pass, we're golden. And that's a fact. And that's the thing, too. That's what's so give and take, Eric, is a lot of these NFL defenses, you know, they've got to the point where they're willing to give up the run. Hey, look, we're just not giving up that explosive play, period. So, uh, you know, it's it's kind of give and take there for sure. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to get back to the chat in a minute. I just didn't want those to sit there too long. Let's get on to the next topic. The next set of tweets that we got in, Jacob, I would, I would label it as offensive rookies, okay? Um, Andy Monday said, what offensive personnel slash formations will we use more this season that we didn't use much last year? And then Andy, uh, Andy A. Pack said expectation. You know, of course, he talked about, um, you know, winning the division. He said, uh, question, which offensive rookie will have the most impact by the end of the year? And this kind of kind of popped up in my mind, Jake. I'm going, you know what? If we had to say who who would be the the front runner, the best chance on the Green Bay Packers roster to win offensive rookie of the year? 
who would it be? And, and Andy Monday kind of hit on something that really triggered this in my mind when he was talking about personnel and uh, formation. You know, he asked about that. I think that you're going to see exactly what one of the listeners was saying in the chat just a second ago. You're going to see a lot more 21 personnel with DeGuara playing fullback. If he's healthy, let's hope he's healthy, right? Um, and, you know, the one thing you got to take into consideration, though, is Matt LaFleur is very much like Sean McVay. Sean McVay went from a 21 set to an 11 personnel in L.A. because he looked at Cooper Cup on the bench. You heard this in the play callers. He said, I seen Cooper Cup on the bench. I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I need to get my best 11 out there. So what it's really going to come down to, in my opinion, it's going to come down to um, Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave. Which one proves to be more valuable, right? And it triggered a lot of thoughts in my mind. You know, can first of all, can Jaden Reed beat out Torre for that number three receiver? I feel really, really confident he will. I do. I think he's shown enough. There was somebody that sent a tweet. They shared it with me. I can't remember who it was in a DM. And it was somebody that has, you know, really close ties to the Packers said that within the building, the source said that they're getting strong, strong, strong Greg Jennings vibes from Jaden Reed. You know how Greg Jennings came in and he just kind of popped. It was like he he belonged right off the bat, right? Um, and, you know, some people love J Greg Jennings. Some people hate him. Um, I wish he would keep his mouth shut more. But – you can't deny what he did, even from an early stage. So um, if Jaden Reed can come out and do that, then, uh, you know, I think he can obviously pass up Torre on the depth chart. And, and you know, the official depth charts came out today. Obviously, you got to take it with a grain of salt. You know, we're going to find out week one. Nobody knows until then. The Packers sure ain't going to come out and go, hey, guys, here's our best 11, right? They're not going to do it. Um, Musgrave, he seems to have won that number one tied in spot, right? So – Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, they're my two front runners. Uh, if I had to pick two and say, hey, these could be offensive rookies of the year. Um, now, what does that mean being the number one tied in? You know, um, if that's true, then then he can he can win, you know, that rookie of the year, not just rookie of the year, but he can be a dominant force in this offense if indeed he is the true number one. Right. One formation that comes to mind, Jacob, when we're talking about, OK, how can you get these guys on the field to maximize it? Right. Because if you're the majority of the time in 11 personnel, then that means you got to take Jaden. You, you, you'll have Jaden Reed on the field and Luke Musgrave on the field at the same time. But if you're playing 12, like people are talking about, then what does that mean? If you're playing 12 personnel, that means Jaden Reed has to come off the field. So I think it's going to come down to, you know, with getting back to the original question, which offensive rookie, you know, is going to have uh, have more of an impact. It's going to come down to those two guys. I know they play different positions, and there's going to be a lot of rotations. I, I completely understand that. But it's really going to come down to if Matt LaFleur wants to get his best 11 on the field, which one which one comes out of camp better, Luke Musgrave or Jaden Reed? And that's that's a tough one to me. Um, now, back to Andy Monday's question. I'm going to turn it over to you, Jacob. He asked about what formation will we see, right? I think you got a good chance to see a lot of 12 personnel, and I want you to keep this in mind. We ran what we called X-Nasty Bunch last year, okay? And, and essentially what it is is you've got a bunch formation and then you've got a nub tied in. So imagine a cluster of three wide receivers in a bunch formation, right, like in a in a triangle pattern. And then you've got an attached tied in over here. And when we refer to it as the nub tied in, he's the only player on – the only eligible receiver on that side of the of the ball, okay? That was a bunch, na uh, bunch nasty X, right, is what they called it. Imagine this, Jacob. You've got Tucker Craft attached, right, on that nub side. And then you've got Luke Musgrave in a receiver spot, maybe that F position in the uh, in the cluster in the bunch. Now you've got your twelve personnel. You know, I could see them doing something like that. So Andy, to answer your question, I would look for that. I would look for them 
to, to see them trying to get two tight ends on the field. Now it might not be Tucker Craft. It might be Josiah Aguara. That could be that could totally be the case. You might see a little Tyler Davis in that nub position. But um I think I think they're gonna get real creative with Luke Musgrave and, and you're gonna create mismatch city. When you put Luke Musgrave on the field and you send out a 12 personnel, that opposing defense now has a decision to make. Are we sending out our base defense or our nickel defense? And early they may send out the base. And when they send out the base, guess what? If they're playing man coverage or they're playing some kind of man principles within a zone defense, then you're going to get Luke Musgrave matched up on a linebacker. That's going to happen, right? And all it takes is one or two times down the seam to bust that base wide open, and now all of a sudden they'll start treating him like a wide receiver. Then guess what happens? They go to their nickel set. You're in a 12. If they feel confident enough that Luke Musgrave can block, now you run the ball down their freaking throw. But, again, I think it's going to come down to Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave, which one's more valuable. That will determine whether we go 12, 11, or 12 personnel. So what do you think, Jacob? Yeah, man. Well, first thing I can say is when we um, talked about that topic, I thought, well, huh, let's look back at the recent years, you know, and see what's happened as of late. So as a tight end versus wide receiver, I can pretty much guarantee you, unless Luke Musgrave has a freak season, he's not going to ring – uh, win offensive rookie of the year because looking back until I figured I'd go back to 1996 it was a good year I like that year uh offensive rookies year. Year since then it's a good year we had uh six wide receivers since then win offensive rookie of the year other than that it's basically nothing but wide receiver I'm sorry nothing but running backs and quarterbacks so when you think about that I started thinking well who would he have to compete with even like the best tight end rookie seasons of the last that basically amount of time and it's again Kyle Pitts, Evan Ingram and Jeremy Shockey. Those are the only guys that even like think it's cracked like gosh 800 yards receiving or 600 yards receiving with a certain amount of touchdowns and maybe like 50 plus catches. It's it's really hard to become a tight end in this league and really produce on that level, but that being said, I really didn't know if Musgrave was going to become our starting tight end. I thought he may be a, a one of those guys we pepper in slowly and then eventually at the end of the year he's our, our number one i really do think he is the number one starting tight end day one with deguara more of that peppered in type person that they're using him as that actual h back using him in weird like blocking schemes and weird run plays and maybe some diversional type stuff but i have to really think now that the offense is going to be trying to do a lot more and i think they have more confidence in watson than people are, are thinking and that they have more confidence in dobbs in that same little clip i was talking to you about uh the green bay packer one watson or lafleur was quoted on saying that that watson was more confident this year and that he was one of the most intelligent players that he's ever been around that he's ever coached and he said that he can literally just grab him from whatever you know he can just grab him and throw him into a z and say these are the receivers these are the concepts these are the routes i need you to do and he says he picks it up immediately just immediately to the point where he can just he plug and play. That's my receiver for the next game kind of thing. And then when they interviewed Watson, they said, what are you um, are you trying to help everybody along? Are you working on your own kind of craft? What are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm trying to help everybody. I'm trying to take everything I learned last year and apply it to them because we're only as strong together as our weakest link. And that to me shows that this guy has taken on a leadership role. He's taken on the fact that he's a second year receiver. That's a massive opportunity for a big jump statistically fantasy football wise just NFL wise in general team wise it's massive because if you look at that again he's a baby still and he's becoming a leader of the babies it's like that what's that it's Lord of the Flies that's <laughs> what's going on over there <laughs> so um I'm just excited man this this team has got a lot of potential and they're again they're so young they're so hungry they're so talented I don't think they know enough to be scared or to be intimidated 
They think that they've got the world by the you know what right now. And if we happen to pop into Cincinnati and actually throw those dudes around just a little bit and love has a little bit of that's confidence, that's momentum, that's building that team camaraderie that LaFleur talked about. But more importantly for this young team, because whatever reason, our last old regime, they didn't know how to travel. They didn't know how to, to go across the country or even do away games and not either get in trouble or show up without even putting their cleats on because they didn't know how to freaking – I don't know what the problem was. These guys are excited. They're excited to travel, so let's go. I'm ex- it, it, it's, it's a perfect win-win situation right now. They want to play. They want to practice. Let's get them all of the practice and the experience they can before we even hit week one without going into preseason too. That's great. Absolutely, man. Very well said. Very well. So let's get back to the chat here real quick before we get to the uh, the next topic. Let's see here. Um, David in the chat says, excited to watch this young, fast team grow together. Go Pack Go. Zane in the chat, don't forget to hit the like button, Packer Nation. Appreciate that, Zane. Yeah, and guys, if you're if you're watching this for the first time and you're going, hey, I don't know, these guys seem a little a little weird, but I might I might tune in next time. Hit subscribe. You ain't got to turn the notifications on. Just hit that sub button for us. It helps the channel. And then if you don't like it a week later, you can ditch us, right? You know, as Pat McAfee always says, right? What what is it he says? On, he used to say on the open, if you like this, uh, be a friend, tell a friend. If you didn't, just pretend like this didn't happen. <laughs> Right. So there you go. Okay. Seth in the chat says uh, really promising rookies like Lucas Van Ness, Brooks, Valentine and Wooden on D should help bolster the D as well. Man, I am I'm excited to watch Valentine Friday night, man. That's who I'm going to be locked in on my old, my Kentucky boy there, man. I'm I'm really, really excited to see him. And we've heard so much about Carl Brooks. Um, I think you're, you're spot on there, Seth, for sure. Brett in the chat says um, was in Michigan this weekend and put down bets on them to win the division, have a winning record, and a couple other things. So I guess my expectations are moderately high. I think they win tennis. Um, they seem to have a pretty good ball club, man. If you're talking about Detroit, I'm, I'm assuming you are. Are you talking about what do you think? Who do you think he's talking about there, Jacob? I honestly don't know. I'm I don't trying know. to figure it out. I mean, I. Th- I'm one that if he is talking about the Lions, I'm one. I think I think Detroit does have a solid team. I'm not one that's going to sit here and hate just because they're a division right now. Do I want to see them fall flat on their face? I want to see them stub their toe before they fall flat on their face. All right. I think he but, maybe means that he's in Michigan so he can place a bet on the package. He can't. Yeah, and from where he's at, that's maybe and, what I'm hoping. I'm hoping yeah, that me too. we don't want to kick you out. No, I'm just joking, man. <laughs> Everybody's working. Um, you know, my my win total is like I've said before between six and ten. And, and I know that's kind of broad, but when I look at the schedule and I look how this roster is developed, I'm, I'm going, I could, I would not be surprised if they only win six games. I wouldn't be surprised if they win 10 and make the playoffs, right? I mean, I could see it both ways. So uh, Slayton, uh, I'm sorry, uh, R. Shower says, uh, Slayton putting a body on you has got to be a long, long night. Slayton putting a body on you has got to be a long, long night. You know what that is? She said, <laughs> There it is. Right on time. Right on top. Dave in the chat says, glad we agree, Clayton, LOL. John says the defense will have a better safety play this season. Dude, I'm going to tell you something, John. People people will hear that and they go, whatever, their safety suck. We cannot play worse than we did last year at safety. I'm sorry. It's going to be impossible. I mean, we did go out and sign the one guy that was graded lower than Darnell Savage, but – I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I think it's it's only going to go up. Um, I really do. I, the the safety play last year was was absolutely horrendous. Uh, Mikey in the chat says Caleb Jones should volunteer to hand out lunch at the <laughs> shared practice and just stare each bingle down without saying anything. That would be yeah. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. 
Justin, who's better, uh, Trey Lance or Jordan Love? Jeez. Come on now, man. Who's better, Trey Lance? Or Come Jordan on, Love? man. Have you seen Trey Lance lately? I, no. Hey, listen. You know me. I you know I feel like people should get a fair shake, but when you, any we see footage of Jordan Love, we see good throws and bad throws. I've not seen a good throw from Trey Lance. I haven't. I just haven't. I mean, it's Jacob. It's bad, man. I mean, they're they're. Thank God they took Brock Purdy with you know Mister Irrelevant there, right? Because if they didn't have Brock Purdy and Trey, they were forcing Trey Lance into the lineup. Good luck. I mean, what happened to Trey Lance, Jacob? We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I just think that this, to be honest, this is the worst case scenario for the Packers. They got really hyped on a guy that had some Patrick Mahomes-ish type talent that they thought maybe was the key. They threw an early draft pick on him, and he ended up being somebody that's not that great. Now, if you look at the opposite of that, they kind of drafted him, threw him right to the Wolves, said, here, be really, really good. But they also, like you said, had at the time that they have Garoppolo, and they also had, like you said, Purdy as a backup. And I really doubt that they thought Purdy was going to go in there and really play the way he did. But um, at this point, I mean, I think the Green Bay Packers, we have so much more confidence that we should have instill in our quarterback than anybody that's looking at a, a 49ers situation right now. I mean, yeah. our guy sat behind, like everybody talks about, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's definitely clearly picked up his traits and his tendencies, his footwork, his release, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you watch any of that, you, you understand that. And now you're looking at him year three. Maybe that's God's blessing that he didn't get thrown to the wolves like Trey Lance did because you need sometimes if you're that much of a raw. And that was the, the definition of a raw signing that maybe we can draft and develop. Like that, that's clearly what we've done. We're not saying it's a finished product yet and maybe it'll completely burn and disintegrate. But at least at this point, it looks like we're on the right trajectory, I would say. Yeah, I agree. We got Brett in the chat says, I, uh, I think now that 81 is officially a fullback, I think we'll see a lot more of that Kyle Juszczyk row. You know, that's, that is one thing. Um, if they don't do it this year, Brett, they're not going to do it. Right. And, and I'm with you. I'm leaning into that 21. I think we're going to see more 21. And we've seen, a, we, we actually seen a significant amount of 21 last year. We stayed in 11 the majority of the time and played, a, played more 12 than 21. But when we played 21, it's, it's kind of the numbers are kind of skewed, Jacob, because technically 21 would be 
AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones on the field. So we, when we ran the pony package, it technically showed up as 21 personnel in the data, but we know AJ Dillon wasn't playing fullback, right? What they would typically do is come out in that double sidecar pony package. Then they would flex Aaron Jones out wide and then hand the ball off to AJ Dillon. That's not the San Francisco style 21 personnel, right? So, that stuff gets a little bit cloudy, but I'm with you, Brad. I know exactly what you're saying. And and if if he's going to play the Kyle Juszczyk role, that means he needs to get the football. That means they need to they need to keep the defense honest with those fullback dives. They need to keep the defense honest with with fullback screens, all those things, right? That's what that's what makes uh, an offense or a uh, a defense, you know, a little more wary to be aggressive against an offense that's uh, multifaceted like that. Dave in the chat says, do you think Barry will actually play five-man fronts this year? We have the personnel to do it. That could be dangerous. He did it last year. Um, Dave, if you go back and watch it, man, I was surprised. I went back, and, and when I watched those last five games, I'm like, man, we're showing a lot of jam fronts, a lot of jam fronts. And it, it really kind of caught me off guard. Now, I do think that they started the year doing that. And then the middle of the year, they kind of got away from it. Now, we're not in the meeting rooms. We don't know what happened. We don't know what they seen game plan-wise. We don't know who was banged up, and they didn't think it was a good idea to go in with a game plan and practice all week. If they're if they're down one or two bodies uh, on the defensive line, then it really throws a wrench into everything. Um, us being, you know, the the uh, armchair quarterback coaches that we are, not, not knowing the whole story really does affect that, right? So um, we got Sergio in the chat said – Hi, gentlemen. Been great having you uh, put so many of these shows out so often. Very informative and entertaining. Go, Pat. Go. Hey, we appreciate it, Sergio. The goal is to go live every day, man. We want this to be kind of your uh, your go-to daily podcast, daily YouTube show. Uh, you know, the reason I named it Total Access, uh, Packers Total Access, is, you know, NFL Total Access. What comes on at 7 o'clock on NFL Network? You get kind of the rundown, the, the daily news, if you will, around the NFL. I want this to be that for the Green Bay Packers, at least for for our corner of the fans, right? I understand this isn't going to be for everybody. What you're not going to get on this show um, is shock factor. You're not going to get stupid comments that we don't actually believe just to get clicks. It ain't going to happen. We want to bring you the information. We want to bring it in real time. We want to try to, and I, I emphasize try to, bring you educated um, opinions on topics. But we'll be the first to say, you know, we don't know everything. And if we realize we don't know something, we're going to find out together. We're going to figure out the answer together. That's what I always tell people. I get plenty of texts and they go, hey, Clayton, you know, what about this? What about that? And my response, if I don't know the answers, Bob, I don't know, but we're going to find the answer right now and we'll go do the research and, and put it together. So, but we appreciate you tuning in, man. Glad you're enjoying the content. Just help us spread the word, Sergio. Let's get those subs up, man. Um, yeah. Brad says, thanks up, people. Uh, thumbs up, people. Uh, one is the loneliest number. I'm not sure what that, what does that mean? <laughs> you don't know that song? One, no. Sing it for me. One is the loneliest number. You do voices, bro. I can't tell you. <laughs> I don't know who sings it, but I know it's on like a lot of commercials. It's uh -huh. usually probably for depression medicine or something. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett in the chat says uh, Reed can make impacts on offense and special teams. Devin Hester was his idol growing up in Chicago. That's good information. Didn't know that. That's true. Yeah, he if said that. He, Steve Smith. If he indeed makes plays in both areas, put him at the top for the rookies, man. I did it on Chalk Talk, Garrett. I broke down his punt returns, and I was like, this boy has got a different kind of speed, man, different kind of speed. Mike in the chat, I would rather read – be the next Greg Jennings versus the next Randall Cobb. Mike, I want to ask you this, and I know you won't be able to answer in time. 
but I'm going to answer it for you. When you say, I, I, would, I would rather Reed be the next Greg Jennings than Randall Cobb, I know exactly what you're saying. Greg Jennings could line up everywhere on the field. He could line up X. He could line up Z. He could line up slot. He could run any route. Um, I don't want to say to perfection, but he was a great route runner, right? And he had solid hands. He's willing to go over the middle and take the hit, just like in the Super Bowl with Palomalo, just blowing him up on that touchdown down the seam. Um, you're exactly right, man. Randall Cobb wasn't ever that receiver that could just line up. He, he could line up everywhere, but he wasn't as effective as he was in the slot. Greg Jennings was all over the field. I see the same thing with Jaden Reed. It's the same thing that Kansas City did with uh, Tariq Hill. You know, you had that, you put him in the slot, and they played soft because they were worried about his speed. He'd catch a curl route underneath, make two guys miss, and take it to the freaking house, right? He could also line up on the boundary X and just take the top off the defense. I want to see that kind of impact for Jaden Reed. There's some people hearing that right now, and they're going, you need to calm your expectations. Okay, you live like that. I'm not going to. I'm going to think positive. I'm, I'm going to think cup half full rather than half empty. We've yeah. heard half empty the whole, what seems like the last freaking decade, and I'm tired I of like, it. You know, I like so. Janelle's comment here. This gets me excited. Yeah, 11 personnel with Dobbs, Watson, Reed, Musgrave, and Jones. Feel the speed. That's what I'm saying, man. Um, you, you, you put – Think about the speed there. Watson was clocked as, I think, the third fastest player last year, if I remember correct, in the entire NFL. Dobbs' speed is crazy underrated. You, I mean, you've seen him outrun Jair Alexander on the boundary in training camp. You, you've seen it last year. Remember last year, this time, Jacob, he, he beat Eric Stokes over the top, and Eric Stokes threw his helmet and got frustrated. Eric Stokes has crazy speed. Yeah. Um, Musgrave clocked at over 20 mile an hour in the senior bowl. Aaron Jones, one of the one of the best scat bats scat backs in the league. Janelle, you're spot on there. Spot on. All right, we're gonna get back to the chat, gang. Um, what we're gonna do is uh, jump into the last topic here from the uh, Twitter question. And again, that question was just kind of talking about, you know, hey, what's your outlook on the season? What do you expect? What are your expectations? This next one, I would I would kind of label it as playoffs, Jacob. Right playoffs what are our playoff chances right um that's what i would kind of list this as so when you're talking playoffs let's go to the tweets here's some of the tweets that kind of sparked that for me carly said uh, expectations and hope a season similar to aaron Rodgers' first season within one win um i know winning isn't a quarterback stat but it will be reassuring that the team put it together um and she said number one question is it crazy to want to want them to try Watson as a corner and see how many pick sixes we can get. You know, I agree at this because you and I think a lot, Carly, but we're going to get butchered for it. People are going, what are you talking about putting Christian Watson on? Dude, I remember the days, Jacob. I remember the days when they would play wide receivers at corner, and it was so much fun. Watching Charles Woodson at Michigan was absolutely awesome. Uh, New England did that several times, too, there in the early years of the dynasty. But um, Dakota also said, expectation – I expect to see something similar to the 2019-2020 season and that a different offensive player will seem to be highlighted each game. We have enough varying weapons to allow us to exploit several opposing defenses. Completely agree with that. Mitchell Adams um, said expectations of Packers will win the division with a 10-7 and record thanks to their top 10 defense, Jordan Love, and the offense's consistency. My question is, besides uh, inexperience, what are some of the obstacles you expect this offseason um, this offense to have this year. All great comments. And, again, that kind of triggered the conversation, Jacob, playoffs, man, playoffs. What what are the chances of making the playoffs and what's it going to take to make the playoffs? What's got to go right? And the two people that come to mind for me is Jordan Love and Christian Watson. You know, I'm just being real. 
if you can establish that deep threat and force bracket coverage over the top, and you can force safeties to really have to cheat to, to Christian Watson's side of the field, everything opens up underneath, everything. You know, he can play everywhere. We, we Much like what we talked about with Greg Jennings, a lot of people don't realize this. Christian Watson last year was not a one-trick pony. He played in the X. He played in the Z. He played in the slot. He played F from time to time. Um, you've seen him on multiple jet sweeps. I think he had two, at least two jet sweep touchdowns. This dude can do it all. Now you've got Jaden Reed, who this past practice was actually lining up in the backfield. So now you've got two trick, two multi-trick ponies, right? Yeah. So think about that. One second, Christian Watson stretching the defense while you got to worry about this quick little guy, Jaden Reed, running jet sweeps and orbit uh, orbit motion. Um, orbit motion, for those of you who don't know, you ever see the motion where the receiver goes behind the quarterback? They call that orbit. Think of a planet, right? Orbit motion. That's what they call that. You're going to see a lot of orbit motion with both Christian Watson and Jaden Reed, more so with Jaden Reed because you put that big, big frame of Christian Watson out there on the outside and knowing he can stretch the defense, it's game on. It's absolutely game on. So Christian Watson and Love, they've already got this chemistry. We've seen it last year. We've seen it in the Philly game. I mean, he he literally picked right up where Aaron left off. And he didn't miss a beat, and it was like he, he and Christian Watson were already on the same page. Now, I think the key to making the playoffs is definitely going to be turnover differential and situational football. You guys hear me say it all the time. You probably get tired of hearing me say it, and I apologize. Middle eight and turnover, you got it. <laughs> Middle eight and turnover differential. I'm telling you, it's what's going to be huge this year. We screwed the pooch on four games: the Lions game, um, the, the both Lions game. We screwed the pooch in the middle eight, and there was two other games that I watched because I made notes and was like, "That's what lost us the game." Imagine if we had won the middle eight, those four games, and let's say that we just win three of those four games. We're in the playoffs game. We win the North, right? Um, what do I mean by middle eight? It's the last four minutes of the of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half. It's all about momentum. It's about capitalizing, maximizing, scoring right before halftime, and then coming out of the gate and either shutting them down or you scoring in the uh, the first four minutes of the second half. It really dictates the flow of the game. And then, of course, turnover differential, man. How many times do you give the ball away as opposed to how many times you take the ball away? When you go back to 2010 in that Super Bowl season, we had takeaways galore. It's going to be absolutely huge. It's going to be – I mean, it's going to be key. Um, so turnover differential and situational football, middle eight, that type of thing. Here's the other thing, Jacob. I'm turning it over to you, dude. Jordan Love's legs are underrated. Now, I'm not saying they're pretty legs, all right? Don't get me wrong here, okay? Don't, don't, don't be a weirdo out there. This dude, people don't know how quick he is. And he ran the same – virtually the same 40 as Aaron Rodgers coming out of college. Now, some of you guys are going, well, Aaron wasn't that fast. Go back and watch Aaron's first five years. Pretty quick. That dude was breaking off 40 and 50-yard runs. And why was he breaking them off? As soon as they realized, this number 12, man, he he holds the ball kind of funny, but he's got a freaking cannon. Like, he can, he can push the ball down the field. And they start to kind of back off a little bit, and they start playing, here's the key, a little two-man under. They start playing that cover five two-man under, and they turn their back to the quarterback. And I'm telling you, if he, if he looks up and there's a rushing lane, you're going to see Jordan Love run with the football. I don't know where he's getting drafted fantasy-wise, Jacob, but if you want to mention it here in a minute, it's totally cool. Um, but I imagine he he might be a bit of a sleeper when it comes to a quarterback that might rack up some fantasy points just because of his legs. Keep that in mind. Um, so that's the big thing. Um, the defenses are going to have to account for his legs, no doubt about it. Jacob, what do you think, man? Playoff run, uh, what would it take to make the playoffs this year? What do you see having to go right? And uh, and And – 
really more specifically, do you think I'm on base over Jordan Love and Christian Watson? Yeah, I do. Um, I do think that it's a bit underrated, the connection between Dobbs and Chris, uh, and Love as well, because they actually predate this season. They've done some off-chemistry stuff. I think they share the same agent. I think they do a lot of that kind of stuff where they've gotten a little more – I'm hoping a little more chemistry because, like, uh, like LaFleur said, Watson just seems to pick things up. It doesn't take him as long. If Dobbs maybe needs a little more of that constant connection, then great. If Reed has that newer connection, then great. Uh, great. Um, when I'm looking at the uh, what it takes to get us to the playoffs, you talked about the certain personnel. I'm thinking of just strictly the record. I'm looking back since – this one has it since 2003. It's 10 wins. And granted, now the last – the landscape of, of the NFL has changed since they added the game. So take that with a grain of, grain of salt. But last year, if we would have gotten that last win, you know, it, we're right go. there, right around. Hey, that. Remember when McCarthy used to say it, Jacob? Win ten and you're in. He would always yeah. say that. Win ten and you're in. And it kind of be the equivalent of winning ten if we didn't have the extra game, blah blah blah. So it's 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 right around yeah. that ballpark. So if you reverse it, you know, obviously in 2021, 13 and four, 2020, 13 and three, 2019, 13 and three, going to make the playoffs there. 2018, six nine and one, obviously missed. 2017, seven and nine, missed. 2016, ten and six, we lost the conference championship. 2015, 10 and 6, lost divisional round. 2014, 12 and 4, lost conference championship. 2013, 8, 7 and 1. Now that's the one there. We all remember that. That was a crazy, crazy year. Uh, we ended up losing the wild card round. I was just blessed to even get into that playoff right there. So that one's basically the anomaly. Year before that, 2012, 11 and 5, lost divisional round. 2011, 15 and 1, oh, lost divisional round. And then 2010, 10 and 6. We all remember what happened that year. We won the freaking Super Bowl. And like Clayton talked about, it's largely because of that middle eight and the turnover differential was massive. Charles Woodson, a lot of those guys just freaking balling out. 2009, 11 and 5, lost a wild card round. 2008, 6 and 10, missed it. 2007, 13 and 3, lost the conference championship. 2006, 8 and 8, lost, uh, missed the playoffs. 2005, 4 and 12. Goof. That was a rough one. Missed playoffs. 2004, 10 and 6, lost the wild card round. 2003, 10 and 6, lost divisional round. So you can see a pattern there. It's right around that 10. Now it'll be 11-ish wins. So I, I really do think that that's the mark. And I think we can get there. It's, it's like you said, all of these topics kind of tie into each other to see if we can make that 10 win. And if they do, if you have the, the change in the offensive philosophy, the team philosophy, the team basically whole entire makeup, the whole drive of the team, if you start looking at what the rookies can do to impact this team, if you start looking at the fact that these is, I, people may look at this as a rebuilding year, but I think that that makes this team hungry and underdogish, and that they don't. I want to prove they want to prove them wrong. I want them to prove them wrong. Absolutely, we got guys even that we talked about with being sneaky gadget players, like your, you know, obviously your Watsons and your Reeds. What about Tay Wicks? What if Dude, Bo Melton makes the team? Like, yeah. what if like some of these Bo Melton ran like a four three, almost like. That's and crazy. Jacob, in the past, in the in the past, we go, yeah, but you know, Rogers doesn't like to throw to them; they won't go to him. Hey, this yeah, is a different that's, era. That's, different a different, era. that's a whole different, yeah, exactly. The defensive side of the ball, Devontae Wyatt. I think that this dude's gonna, he's gonna eat, dude. Because if Kenny is getting those double teams still, if we still have any sort of, I still think Levon, uh, Levon that LVN is gonna be unreal. Whether or not Gary's ready to go, and guys, Gary's practicing and he's running at an angle that looks ridiculous like the dude's ready to go he's ready to go i bear i guarantee you if they let him he'd play in preseason week one it seems like right now he looks that ready they're not gonna let him. please don't let him 
Can y'all tell Jacob's excited? It's football just, season, baby. I love it. Got Very well said, man. All right, dude. Awesome. Let's do this. We're at the 48-minute uh, mark. Jeez. We'll go ahead and uh, hit this chat hard, and then we'll get you guys out of here. We appreciate everybody swinging through, man. You guys have lit it up. Absolutely awesome. We got our showers in the chat here. He says, or she says, not sure. Um, why wouldn't someone utilize a fullback when you can have the best one for virtually free? Um, it seems dumb. You telling me none of the great fullbacks could cut it now? No way. We were talking about that the other day, right? With uh, Mike Allstott. You put, I don't care what your offense is. You put a Mike Allstott in, or an old, old school Jim Taylor. Could you imagine Jim Taylor in one of these? Oh my God, dude. Oh, I love it, love it, love it. Brad in the chat says, help these guys out, fill our Packers' hunger needs. Um, Zane, I see that the Packers signed a running back from the Ravens. Y'all know why. I thought we already had like five running backs. Already hope everything is good. And I think Brett was responding to you, Zane. He said Lou Nichols got hurt. So it sounds like it's probably somebody to kind of fill a roster spot there um, and, and help fill in because they're going to need backs. They're going to need – you don't want to see Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the preseason, in my opinion, right? I just don't – I don't think you want to see that. Um, Zane – or let's see here. Brett says, I have to keep repeating it to myself how hard tight end is to play for a rookie because otherwise my mind gets racing too much in regards to Musgrave because my word, he is so, uh, so tantalizing. Um, yeah. You know, we keep hearing that, that you got to curb the enthusiasm on the rookie tight ends. And you guys have heard me say it. I've been guilty, but if you look at the great tight ends, they popped early. They did. Now people go, oh, yeah, but Travis Kelsey's and George Kittles, they're not growing on trees. No, but let's don't kid ourselves into thinking everybody knew they were going to be good. They were all later picks. Right. I mean, it, it wasn't like these guys, you know, went like Jeremy Shockey, number 14 overall. Right. right. Um, so it's just something it's, to uh, something to think about. Um, Drew in the chat. I'm not going to lie. I'm expecting four to six wins. I think we'll be in a lot of games that don't go our way. It'll be a big learning year for love. Drew, I don't think I don't think that's being negative. I don't think that's unreasonable. You know, that's that's possible. You know, there was a lot of teams last year that ended up, uh, you know, they 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 end up losing a lot of games by just very few points. Right. And sometimes some teams, I mean, look at the Packers the year they won the Super Bowl in 2010, Jacob, there were so many injuries, dude, so many injuries that year. I remember going into like week five or six, like, well, this sucks. The season's pretty much over. They don't win in the freaking Super Bowl. And everybody forgets that. Like, it's just. Didn't Woodson like break his collarbone like halfway through the game too or something? He broke his collarbone before halftime in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So we were without our best defensive player. Yeah. yeah. And, and on top of that, early in the season, you lose Ryan Grant, right? That's right. He, he, I can't remember if he broke an ankle or whatever. You Starks, lose your, the whole thing of Starks. That's yeah, right. You lose your Michael Finley. You lost yes. a, a couple of offensive linemen. It was just one thing after another. I'm going, this, this is freaking, we're freaking doomed, right? And then you turn around, and you win the freaking Super Bowl. So, you know, again, true. I don't think that's unreasonable, man. You know, if they won four, if they only won four games, I'd go, man, this team was worse than I thought. I'm not going to sit here and lie and pretend like, you know, that's that's something I'm expecting. But yeah. again, you just never know, man. It's the National Football League, dude. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. John in the chat says, uh, you think defenses will stack the box more this year against the Packers offense? I'll tell you this, John, I hope they do. And if yep. they do, you tell Matt LaFleur to tell Jordan Love when they stack that box, you go ahead and give that little check. And you send number nine over the freaking top. And you know what? If we lose, we lose big. We ain't going to lose because we were playing scared. If they stack the box, bomb that thing. Bomb it. Um, Gene in the chat says, love the show. Um, Jacob, you need to look up. They, they want to see your beautiful face, man. Keep that chin up, all right? Uh, let's see. Uh, 
Brett in the chat was talking to uh, – oh, he said he was talking about the Packers. Okay, sometimes yeah, I'm, I'm coming in mid-conversation here. All right, Garrett says, Bengals, Pats, and Seahawks all have respected defenses. This is a real good test for the offense to see what they can really do. Yeah, it's a good point. Now, how many starters will they play, right? Um, now, again, what's great about what Garrett's saying, and I'm kind of reading between the lines here, Garrett, you correct me if I'm wrong, um, but those joint practices, man, that hearing the updates out of the joint practices is going to be just as much, if not more important than the preseason game. Hearing yeah. how these – if we if we hear the updates come in and the Bengals absolutely dominate in all three phases of the practice, we, we it might be a long season. But if you hear the offense struggled but the defense held their ground or you hear, you know, the special team showed up and the offense played well but the defense struggled, you need – what I need to hear, Garrett, is one of those three facets of the game at least competed with the Bengals. The Pats, I'm not as worried about. Um, the Seahawks um, – Seahawks were a solid team. I would put a lot of stock, a lot of stock in the the Seahawks and the Bengals and how those practices go, for sure. SoPro says, during family night, the Packers ran a couple plays with Musgrave running seams, and seeing the safeties draw to him is something I'm excited about for Watson and others. Think about this, Jacob. Think about that bunch set. I wish – God, I wish I had a chalk talk geared up here. If I had something in the hopper, I'd throw it up on the screen. Imagine a bunch set, right? So you've got a diamond pattern, a half diamond pattern, right? So you've got a receiver here, here, and here, right? And you run a switch concept, a switch release out of that. Imagine Musgrave. Let's say Musgrave's in the Z, right? And let's say you got Watson in the slot, right? Now imagine them running a switch release and Musgrave attacking the seam while Watson hits the sideline. How are you – you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's a slam dunk and they've got to execute. The ball's got to be delivered on time. The protection's got to hold up. There's a lot of factors that come in. But thinking about that much speed attacking deep and what it's going to do for the underneath game, and now you've got Jaden Reed or, or you know, imagine Tucker Craft on a shallow cross, a little drag route coming from that nub tied in, catching it underneath with a full head of steam and running over some pl- – oh, my God. I'm just telling you. Like I said, I'm, at, I'm just imagining like Tay Wicks because I'm looking at this dude and I'm starting to think, oh, Maybe we got a couple of these dudes that are just like freaks, man. Like I, I really do think. Remember what we they said that he has similar footwork to Devonte Adams. I mean, and Ryan highlighted one of the uh, just a quick little slant route that he did, like just a one on one kind of thing, or like a, maybe just a team drill. But it yeah. it looked freaky, dude. I mean, the footwork was there, the quickness. I mean, and we haven't gotten to see a lot of him because of the concussion thing he got going on there. But again, like you talked about, man, Bengals practice here. This could be some of the best. Intel. It's way better time spent than if we did more team drills. Let's go see who <laughs> hits nets. Like, okay, that's cool. I want to talk about that again. No, I want to see what they do against people because no matter what, if they're like, hey, guys, we're going 50% today, all right? They're not going 50%. They're going like 75 And if they say we're going 75%, they're going like 92 You know what I mean? Because <laughs> they hate each other. There's no they, – they, they're men <laughs> they've been literally training to go battle other men and now they're like all right guys go half half pace not nah, it ain't gonna be like that it's gonna be cool yeah i agree uh justin in the chat said any guys moved at the trade deadline i don't think so i mean the first thing that pops into mind is bakhtiari but um i don't i just don't see it i really don't i think what they're trying to do is they're trying to get assessment of this roster this year and if they're borderline playoffs, what I see them doing is if Bach plays well and he stays healthy, then I see them next year looking to restructure Bach's contract, basically saying to Bach, look, we're going to cut you loose unless we renegotiate here. 
and do exactly what they did with Aaron Jones. You know, everybody looks like Aaron Jones took a pay cut. Aaron Jones took a pay cut, and he did. Technically, he took a pay cut. But he looked at the market and said, none of these running backs are getting paid, right? So he essentially came out with $11 million this year when there's a lot of a lot of running backs on the market that can't even sniff that, right? So it's something to, to take into consideration. Now, tackle is a premier position, but Bakhtiari is a little longer in the tooth, right? But to answer your question, man, I'm going to say no. Uh, they might try to go out and get somebody on the cheap, but I don't think they're looking to trade anybody. Um, let's see here. Another comment in the chat. Casey said, do we know how many of Myers, quote, bad snaps or fumbles were in shotgun or under center? I don't know the answer to that question. Do you, Jacob? I don't. I just know that he was the common denominator for basically all of them. It was yeah. three different quarterbacks, and, always Myers. And when you hear bad snap, you know, it's very seldom that, you get a bad exchange between the quarterback and the center under center and it not be on the quarterback. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to screw that up as a center to not just literally put the ball between your butt cheeks. That's all you're doing, Bob. Just put it up yep. there. Now with shotgun, it's, you know, different story. So I w- if I had to guess Casey and I'm strictly guessing, I would say it probably came from shotgun. That would be my guess. Um, let's see here. Just want to make sure I'm not overlooking anything else before we wrap up, guys. Um, here's Zane in the chat. Do you guys think we finally break the third-round curse with Tucker Craft? I hope he can turn it into a top tight end in this league. I know this, man. Um, they thought pretty darn highly of him, right? When a, when a tight end's taken that high, especially after they already took Musgrave, what it tells me is they either had a second-round grade on Tucker or they caught wind that another team had a similar grade and were looking to leap over him, right? That's uh, that's kind of what I think. Um, Showers in the chat says, uh, yeah, what about Kraft? Very little buzz there. Yeah, but you got to think Musgrave has stolen all the number one snaps. You know, it's going to be really hard for Tucker Kraft to come in and get those number one snaps when obviously they had a higher draft grade on Luke Musgrave, right? Um, so there you go. Uh, the <laughs> Garrett, the only thing shocking is Clayton Shepard's bot. What do you think he means there? What's he talking about there? Can't quite tell. Yeah. I'll be talking about my dog or my redneck underbot. Man, I got the worst underbot face <laughs> of the earth. I'm telling you, I look like every Appalachian person you've ever seen on a PBS documentary. It's just the way it is, man. You got to, you got to, you got to lean into it, Garrett. If that is what you're talking about, <laughs> you like French fried taters? <laughs> <laughs> I dug me out a hole and laid down back there. <laughs> All right. Um, Daniel in the chat. This is this might be for you, Jacob. You may know about this. Daniel said Musgrave's starting to get drafted on underdog. Is that true, man? Are you saying uh, well, when you say start getting drafted? Um, people like myself, when I did in every single one of my best ball leagues, and I did like a, a stupid amount. I did like 30. You're not supposed to draft as early as I drafted. I just got really excited and wanted to start doing you do so many mock drafts, and then it just it's not real. So when money's on the line, you really get a feeling of to see how people are. Are, are drafting, you know? So what I typically do is I do at least a $3 league because people are, if it's a $1 league, they're like, whatever, I don't care. If it, I found that three to five bucks, people actually care. They'll stick there through the whole draft. Um, but what I did with any, any best ball league, because I would only do best ball if you're going to draft early. It just, it's smartest. It's mathematically okay. The DraftKings guy that won like the top $2 million prize last year drafted his team in late July. So don't get mad if you've already done it. Don't freak out. But what I did is I grabbed Musgrave, as the last pick of every single one of my drafts, pretty much in every single one of them, because if you can find a tight end with a, a tight end upside one, a tight end one upside at literally your last pick in the draft, it's 
ridiculous, ridiculous value. And I was going to say a ton of Musgrave and a ton of Dalton Kincaid because they say that Dalton Kincaid, again, is the only other tight end right now, rookie tight end. He's getting slot time. He's getting X time. He's, they're moving this guy all over the field just to kind of take away from people being able to double up on Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. And now they've got some new running backs there. So we have a similar situation with our rookie tight ends people are still sleeping on craft but musgrave is again that guy who reaches the 21 miles per hour speed we are lining him up all over the field you've already seen that he's he's not afraid to go across the middle he's he's a big guy but um grab him at the last value it's such a massive value tight end is either you get travis kelsey mark andrews or tight end is just a crap shoot if you can grab a dude that's maybe a top 10 tight end at your last pick of the draft that could literally win you a lot a lot of leagues so that's all i'll say about that good stuff man good stuff uh, travis in the chat said lol literally was listening to the pfp pod that just dropped and then, saw, and then saw y'all live way to keep the content churning boys yeah we appreciate the support man Thanks, guys i'm so sorry but we're over the hour mark and nice. this God, this thing's growing to where we can't keep up with the chat, man. It's, it's fun, uh, man. We've got a lot of people coming on this. Yeah. God, I, I want to read them all, gang, but we've got to wrap this thing up for podcast. Oh, you know Can I? I saw this one and I really had to. I, I thought this was a great. Uh, where's Janelle's comment? She said, William Henderson blocked for Edgar Bennett, Dorsey Levins, and Amon Green, who combined for nine 1,000 yard rushing seasons from 1995 to 2006. The only fullback to ever block for three 1,000 yard rushers. That's a freaking stat, Janelle. That is. Nice. Janelle's a secret weapon, dude. Absolute secret, yeah. secret weapon. Eric said, Clayton, I'm taking your words to heart. I'm betting my kids' college fun on the middle eight. Don't let them down. No pressure, right? No pressure at all. If they screw up the middle eight this year, I'm going to disappear. I'm going to change my name and change the name of the pod. But, uh, that, that feels a lot like Michael's tots right there. That's what that feels like. You ain't putting that pressure on me. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I appreciate everybody in the chat. Like I said, we uh, we can't keep up with the chat. We're over an hour. Ryan's going to kill me for taking this pod too long. I want to thank everybody, man. And I can't even go back and read them all. Um, just please know, everyone in the chat, everyone listening, please know we appreciate your support. And I wish there was a way that we could get to more of them. But we got to – what I need to do is start giving kind of a last call at about the 50-minute mark, Jacob, and just saying, hey, guys, don't waste your time typing in the chat because we're not going to be able to get to them. That probably be the better, the more respectful thing to do. But please, guys, just understand, we really, really appreciate everything y'all do uh, to support the show. Y'all have just been lighting up the subs, lighting up the podcast downloads. And if you're watching this on YouTube and you don't, you, you're sitting there going, I didn't know y'all had a podcast, scan the QR code in the upper left. That'll take you right to Packernet Podcasts. Ryan Schlipp does amazing work. It's where you can find Jacob's Packernet Fantasy Podcast. You can find Jake Shavink's It's Always Draft Season Podcast, the whole nine yards. Well, so, and what uh, they can do is if you if we can't get to your questions here, feel free to call into Packernet After Dark where Ryan takes yeah. literally like it, it's better. You don't just have to type it. You can call in, get that inflection so mm. people know what you're actually talking about. You know You know what? You're, you're freaking QR brilliant. Code, there you go. Scan this QR code right up here in the top left, I believe, of your screen, and that will take you to that uh, Packernet Podcast Network. Like I said, call in Packernet After Dark. Ryan's pretty good at getting uh, getting back to those, so that's another way to get your voice heard and get your comments read and all that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to uh, – I'm just going to read it off here, okay? If you've got a pen, if y'all want to pause it later, whatever, uh, here's the number you're going to call for Packernet. J Jacob, you're brilliant, dude. You're brilliant. I swear. Um, 608 
All right, 608-501-0718. Again, that's 608-501-0718. Me and Jacob are a couple people that fight for more football talk on Packernet After Dark. We're going to yes, lead sir. we're going to lead an all all out assault on the silliness on Packernet After Dark. Although if you listen to Packernet After Dark, you're going to understand real quick. It's probably what makes it so so special, but if you got those football questions, the things that we couldn't get to in here, man, Fire away over there, call them. And of course, we got the super chat feature in here. We will always prioritize the super chat. Um, again, no pressure on anybody doing that, but just understand that that is something that we can uh, we can prioritize in the chat as well. I just got, I'm trying to brainstorm and come up with ways that we can make this fair for everyone and uh, and get them read. So anyway, thank you guys so much. Said we had to go and we sat here and ramble for ten minutes, but. We're going to get out of here. Thank you all so much for making us a part of your evening. Um, again, hit that subscribe button. We're uh, we're closing in on 1,000 subs. I know we're over 700. We're, we're coming up on 800 next, and we want to get to 1,000 as quick as possible. So share it with your friends, all your burner accounts, all that stuff. Get on there and sub for us. <laughs> we're not going to sit there and pretend like that doesn't happen, right? But uh, appreciate everybody hanging out. Jacob, you got any parting thoughts, bub? Uh, guys, just if you want to join a league, I, we posted it officially on Twitter today. It's the 14-man PPR Superflex with two defensive players. It's like a really crazy fantasy football league. If you want to join, it's going to be super fun. It's $20 buy-in. We're going to be talking about it all year on the podcast. There's about probably going to be another league or two that we already have one from last year that we kept going. Everybody came back. It's been fun. Um, so this is a good way if you want to, again, get some interaction. We're going to be taking comments, chats, doing talking about our trades, talking about our lineups, talking about the stats, obviously. So um, if you want to go to my Twitter account or the Packernet Fantasy Twitter X account, it's pinned to the top. It's a $20 buy-in. First place wins like 180 bucks. Second place is, I don't know. It, you get your money back and then some if you place. I'm going to make a really stupid over-the-top trophy from Trophy Mate. Um, so it's going to be cool, man. Check it out. It's fun. Love it. It's There's fun. already seven people in the 14-man league. So if you want to jump in, jump in quick because it's filling up really fast. Good stuff. There you go, guys. Listen, this year, it's all about one thing. We want to see these rookies grow. We want to see this young team kind of grow together. We would love to see a playoff berth, but it's all about just incremental growth across the board. It's also about the Jets. Um, you know, 65% uh, of those snaps, baby. We want to see 65% of those snaps. If you didn't hear me, let me hit it right here. 65%. 65%. That's <laughs> All right. We want we want that, and we want the Jets to be absolute hot garbage so we get some great picks next year. Nothing against Aaron. You guys know I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. I was actually going, man, I'm looking forward to rooting for Aaron. As soon as I heard the, the, uh, the trade uh, details, I'm like, nope, sorry, bub. Need you to fall flat on your face. That's just the way it is. Um, I can't remember what Tim said. I'll screw it up. He said something, what, green and gold till I'm dead and cold? Is that what he said? Yeah. Green gold tons and gold. So gangster from the, the widest person I've ever met in my life. I love it. Anyway, we're out of here, guys. Thank you all so much for your time. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, we drive down the first man who is inside. Pullback, we tell him to take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows. He goes right by them and feels inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. The 
to look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. <laughs>